Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. Here today, we're bringing together four NHS pathology leaders from the southwest of England to talk about topics which matter and challenges they're facing today. As my name's Harry Lawns, I'm a senior specialist consultant for the NHS pathology team here at Evolution. And today I'm joined by uh, the following, uh, Bruce Daniel, Head of Pathology for NHS England Southwest, Dave Gibbs, Pathology Network Director for Peninsula Pathology, and Stephen Harden, Pathology Services Director for One Dorset Pathology. Uh, before we delve um, deeper into the topics, uh, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Uh, so Bruce, do you want to kick us off with that? Thanks, Harry. Uh, as you said, I'm Bruce Daniel. I'm the Head of Pathology for NHS in the Southwest region. My background is as a biomedical scientist in clinical chemistry. Uh, I've worked in labs and I've managed laboratories and at various points in my career, I've left pathology to become more of a general manager running divisions and services in the acute trust. And I've, in the last two years, I've decided to leave my home base, which was Truro in Cornwall. And I've moved across to uh, to a role with NHSE, uh, covering pathology, working with systems in the southwest, working with the pathology networks we have in the southwest, and with the national team on developing pathology networks, developing pathology itself into being uh, a better, more outcome-based service, uh, and uh, working with my colleagues. But I'd like very much, Bruce, and yourself, David. Hi, I'm Dave Gibbs. I'm a pathology network director for South One Peninsula Pathology. Um, I've been in NHS pathology for more than 35 years now. Um, my last role in North Bristol as pathology director there uh, gave me the opportunity to deploy multiple site, multi-site limbs across the greater Bristol area, um, consolidate cell path services and in partnership with PHE, UKHSA, as they are now, uh, microbiology services, and also to bring together the genomics hub, uh, the survival screening program hub. Um, and now I'm down in the peninsula, uh, and we're doing similar projects to bring together the services that exist there. Perfect. Thank you very much. And yourself, Stephen? I am Steve Harding. I'm the uh, head of service in Wand Dorset Pathology. Um, Similar to Dave, I've been working in pathology for 34, 35 years now. Um, I started in the south uh, east of England, so Kent and then Sussex, and then moved into London. Uh, I moved down to Dorset just over five years ago now, uh, with a remit of pulling the services together and uh, bringing uh, the free pathology service in, in Dorset together as a single service. Um, and we've been working through that uh, ever since, including, uh, as we're going to talk about today, replacements of the limbs, digitization, mm -hmm. uh, changing all the equipment, and uh, generally harmonizing the services across Dorset. Perfect. Thank you very much for the introductions. I know that we've obviously established um, a context each year. Um, let's move on to the topic of focus. Um, so, as you know, we're all uh, here today to discuss further um, about the digitalization of pathology. Um, across patches and also the interoperability uh, with other clinical systems as well and obviously the benefits that that can lead down to the, all the way down to the clinical side. So as usual, I'll work around the room asking each of the questions regarding these topics um, and I'll give you the opportunity uh, to discuss it further. Um, so let's start with yourself, Bruce, obviously being a part of NHS England Southwest. Um, why has there been such a big push for the digitalization across pathology as a whole as a collective with a group of NHS trusts? 
and what does that exactly entail? So I think I'll, I'll answer your question in a different way. So over the last 15 or so years, there's been there's been various initiatives looking at consolidating and improving pathology services. Uh, and we're now in a world where there are 27 pathology networks across the country made up of uh, a number of trusts, uh, trust pathology services within each network. That's on the basis of forming a bigger, wider network around operational delivery, such that how pathology is delivered to its users, to ICBs, to acute trusts, to GPs, to the communities uh, can be improved. It's around uh, how do we make pathology more efficient? How do we make it more effective? And how do we use how do we use that increased efficiency and effectiveness to support the NHS long-term plan, to support the elective recovery, to support um, the patient pathway in its entirety, and try and make sure that uh, patients and the population are seen in the most appropriate place for pathology services and the networks uh, that sit across them. Digitization of services. One of the key enablers is digitization of services from the sort of outset of a requesting pathway. So why might a clinician choose a test through the actual requesting of it? What happens in the laboratory and then the reporting of the subsequent report or results or comments? Digitization, therefore, is important to ensure that uh, the right request is made at the right time and the report or output or advice on uh, the request goes to the right person. Um, networks need to be able to have that digital integration across their constituent parts, uh, and they need to be able to share data. They need to be able to reduce the variation of what can be requested, and they need to have a, a consistency of output to their, to their users, to their clinicians, and to patients. Uh, therefore, alongside having uh, limbs, uh, preferably the same limb system in each service in a network, it's advantageous to have the same Ordercom system and for data and images to be stored in a location that is uh, accessible by all from a, and by all I mean uh, pathology folk, but also again clinicians, users, GPs and those people working in the uh, community. And uh, why do you think that push has become so important now compared to previously? The, the push at the moment is uh, becoming more important because of the importance of pathology. And it is, it is being recognized as the bedrock of 70 or 80% of diagnosis of, of patient pathways and um, uh, therefore, to get the right digital data in the right place at the right time will help expedite uh, patients and the population moving forward uh, on their pathway, getting treatment sooner, uh, having the diagnosis sooner, um, and broadly improving the health and well-being of uh, all of all of the population and all of the patients within the area covered yeah no great agreed and over to yourself Stephen obviously being um a part of a pathology network um yourself 
how has um, the digitalization of technology gone so far within your trust? Can I, can I make a start? Because um, we're a bit further behind than, than Stephen, so I think you can yeah. give you a bit, more, a bit more detail on that. You know, for, for the Devon and Cornwall Trust, we've got uh, Exeter and Barnstable who have gone with a full EPR, which includes a pathology module, um, and they are seeing huge benefits of that integration within the acute setting. Um, and, you know, you being able to integrate with those records, see all the details from across the, the entire record is, is, is hugely important. And the aim of the systems in Devon and Cornwall had been uh, very much built around an EPR vision and joining those together. Unfortunately, they've not been able to deliver that. Um, and therefore, that's left us with the rest of the organisations having to think about how they can deliver uh, and limbs. And I think that the big issue for me is that EPR solutions can deliver great integration within an organization and if they're joined up across organizations. But 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 LIMS for me uh, offer a level of horizontal integration that doesn't necessarily come out of an EPR. You can link together with primary care systems and other other systems uh, across this, across the systems, and you can bring labs and their users together in a way that you you sometimes can't with with EPRs. So we've um, we've gone to market for a, a, a limb solution to, for all of the other partners in our network. Uh, that is in in a procurement phase at the moment. Final bids are in, and we hope to make a selection uh, within this financial year to get our preferred bidder, and then we will try and catch up with Stephen. I love you to yourself, Stephen. Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so when I came into Dorset, we identified that the limbs was the uh, the key enabler to get this network working across the whole of Dorset. Um, we decided to push ahead with the limbs even before having full sign-off of the model for one Dorset pathology. Um, all back then, all three boards were signed up to this. Uh, so we went out to market and we replaced our limbs. Having the single limbs across the whole of Dorset has opened so many doors about the ways of working that we're now at that phase of trying to capitalise on this and trying to uh, work as a single entity rather than three distinct laboratory units. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do that any other way with, without that single limbs, without having uh, the ability for... Uh, the laboratories to seamlessly to support each other and work through the the data as it flows. Um, there are issues with uh, capacity within the staffing, the ability to uh, support and make these changes in uh, en masse because it's not just the limbs that we'd be working on in our network. We've replaced uh, almost every single piece of equipment in uh, all but one of the disciplines within pathology. Uh, so it's a huge pressure on the staff and uh, staffing in pathology is quite difficult. We we mustn't underestimate the amount of work involved in changing a limbs. This is a multi-year project. It took us um, from the decision of the supplier. It took us two years to implement and get that up and running across all of Dorset. It's taking another couple of years to uh, roll this out to the next site within the Southern Counties Pathology Network. So big pieces of work here. Um, so yeah, it, and it's it's taken another couple of years to uh, roll out to the next sites as we as we progress with the limbs. Um, so from the from the network point of view within Dorset, I think we're still 
we're still bedding this in. We're still working through and and uh, making sure that we've we are working uh, as a single entity rather than multiple different laboratories. It's it is the long term view and the the trusts and the execs within the trusts are all bought into this is a long term uh, uh, road that we're going down. Yeah, no thanks for that. And um, Bruce, back to yourself. Obviously, I know we've touched upon there on a few big challenges that obviously hinder um, the progress of digitalization across pathology. But for yourself, especially for the Southwest, what, what are the biggest ones that you're, you're kind of managing on a day-to-day -day basis? I think from my perspective, the biggest challenges are, are generally the processes around um, the processes around the timelines of business case approval, timelines around funding, access to and spending the money. Um, challenges seem to be uh, trying to ensure that networks have suitable IT and laboratory capacity and capability so that the projects don't fall flat on their face. I think one of the one of the other big challenges is is uh, I would describe it as an integration of thought processes. So pathology wants to do what pathology wants to do for its reasons and they're very valid reasons. But in parallel to that, there is a, a huge digital expansion uh, around EPRs and acute trusts. There's the increased digitization of GPs, for example. Um, and there's the developing uh, theme of around patient wearables and the NHS app. And uh, then you can move on to the challenges around uh, what do you do with the data? So the storage, thinking about digital histopathology and the huge likely petabyte size of storage that will be required so aligning all of those work streams timelines and funding and approvals i think is is really is quite a big challenge um the other focus i think is it's really important that we understand why we're doing this and i've i've said what i think at the beginning from an nhse perspective and steve and dave have said the same things but we, we must be really quite clear on how we count and measure the benefits realisation. So we have to prove what we're doing is going to lead to some benefit. Uh, and I think the last challenge is more that I would like to flag is possibly less of a digital challenge, but it's more of a, a cultural challenge because in parallel with trying to push out limbs systems across uh, sites around networks and order columns and digital histo, the networks themselves are being being pushed quite hard to develop and to be mature and to deliver the outcomes that the national team feels should be coming from uh, the development of networks into mature and indeed thriving entities uh, that can manage the provision of pathology manage the benefits, the outcomes, and the efficiencies uh, and effectiveness that need to go with that. Yeah. I just feel that leads us on nicely to yourself, Dave, obviously being a programme network director, obviously trying to push uh, for digitalisation across your patch. I mean, how, how have you overcome the initial challenges to this, this change that you've had? I think the challenges are enormous, um, but uh, I, think, I think we need to recognise that we're in a position that really is unique in my career 
where where the importance of pathology for the whole system is recognized in a way that it's never been recognized before. Um, and therefore, the opportunity for us to influence not just how pathology evolves and transforms, but how healthcare becomes more efficient and more effective uh, in general, and how we can impact on pathways. And if we're to if we're to capitalize on that opportunity, we have to be in a position where we can where we can use data to drive decisions, and we need to do that universally across the whole system. So, so our our structure is is very much geared up to trying to get to a point where all the results from all of the laboratories are available across the entire system at the point of need where decisions are being made um, and as much as possible of that is 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 electronically requested as well so that we've got joined up on both sides um, and that then we remove duplication we standardize approach we standardize data we have better understanding of uh, of demand and capacity we have uh, e easier to support it becomes irrelevant where something is done we know it's got quality we know it's got it's got the connection and the interoperability. It's it's driving uh, uh, efficient and effective processes, and then we can support the system as it evolves in our in our region. And what we what what we're seeing is an acute provider collaboration, looking at sustainability of services uh, across the whole of healthcare. And uh, we can either be a, an enabler of that, or we can be a blocker to that. And and in order to enable that, we need to be joined up together. So, I think I think that. To overcome the challenges are to start to to really look at what the opportunities are and and highlight those to people and excite people about them, bring those people along on their that journey so that they are able to to shape that and and have that influence and that ability to drive the change on a system wide basis. It doesn't it doesn't harm for us. We've got two end of life systems. We've got a purling platform as well which means that there's nowhere to, for, for people to retreat. So that's always a, a benefit, although you don't want to wait until the flames are licking at your heels uh, because uh, that just creates extra risk and, and issue. So I, I think the opportunity is enormous. I think uh, the willingness of people to do things if they believe the system is going to benefit broadly is there. And I think uh, having a, a very collaborative approach, uh, which is less threatening to people, it is also key. Uh, so I think all of that will, will help us deliver the programme. No, thanks for those thoughts. Um, and that was always to Stephen as well, obviously yourself being more from a trust perspective. Obviously you've been uh, lucky enough to be one of the first of your patch uh, to go live with a new limb system. Uh, so firstly, how has the process been of that implementation side of things or the first step towards digitalization? And secondly, um, how has this been like managing also the day-to-day -day operational sides whilst going through that change as well. And sorry, I think I think both of those to an extent are, are linked. The the rollouts of the the NIMS as I said a huge piece of work. Um it's testament to the to the caliber and the motivation of the staff in the laboratories um that we've been able to uh deliver that limbs. We went live in Dorset in August twenty twenty one. And in case uh, any of us have forgotten, we were in a pandemic as we were working up this uh, limb system, which made it even more challenging, more difficult on uh, on the staff. It was uh, it it really was uh, a fantastic uh, piece of work that all of them pulled together and and delivered that. I think they were very motivated. I think that um, 
uh, absolutely right. They were all on uh, end-of-life systems. They were motivated. They were keen to get this new system up and running and uh, deliver the services. Delivering the day-to-day -day services whilst going live, that was uh, a critical point and sometimes quite stretching because of the uh, shortages of staffing. And even difficulty, throwing money at the problem was not necessarily the answer because quite often there were difficulties in just getting people to backfill roles to enable staff to uh, deliver the work on the limbs because it is a hugely complex piece of work. Changing your IT system within pathology is is very difficult. Um, I, I think they did a fantastic job. I think that the day-to-day -day work did not suffer as a, as a consequence of this. Uh, there's always that uh, element of bedding in where you become less efficient before your improvements become uh, uh, more streamlined. Your processes fit in with the new technology and then uh, you pick that back up again. But that was always to be expected. I think uh, we we have managed to to implement that. We're, we're now rolling out. We're now looking towards uh, the Isle of Wight will be the next one to take on our limbs. Um, they're coming this summer. Um, we're working closely with them to ensure that goes as seamlessly as possible. And then it will go to uh, the other four trusts in our wider network, uh, rolling out to everybody by March 2024. So it's going to be a very busy year again. Yeah, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. And yourself, Dave, obviously, from a, the clinical side of things, obviously, in the future, obviously, when we're way more digitally mature in the pathology remit obviously where can we see the benefits from the clinical point of view down within the labs i think i think there's lots of benefits that we can see we've got a particularly active clinical effectiveness group in our in our network and we're already seeing that uh, that that if you um if you think system wide around this you can create you can create unexpected benefits and so just by removing a few things around on on autocon screens we've we've removed tens of thousands of unnecessary GP follow-up appointments. You know, we're looking at, uh, at how new tests and different tests and the way they're implemented and used will will impact on referral rates, on on uh, admission rates and all sorts of things. And I think we can do all of that much easier in a di digitally integrated system where where uh, the the system has access to the full record where you can get the, the most the most benefit out of the data that you're creating and that you can use it in a, in a way that that shapes the whole of the patient pathway um and and uh, i i like to think that we need to be we need to be thinking about this from a patient's perspective you know if if you're a patient you want a high quality result in a timely fashion in front of the person who's going to make a decision about you um and that's what we're trying to achieve and if we can do that then i think I think we can um, we can use our specialisms and our special uh, uh, staff, our, our our highly qualified staff, in the most productive way possible across our patch and have the biggest impact for patients. That's perfect. And Bruce, have you got any thoughts on that? Oh, I I just like to agree with Dave. Uh, patient, the patient-centric uh, provision of a pathology service needs to be critical to everything we do. But I think part of the Part of the digital expansion, the horizontal integration, is around the effectiveness of pathology. We've got to be mindful how effective pathology is, and we've got to move pathology services on from being seen as a cost centre to those that can provide effective benefits 
to patient pathways, to clinicians, to users. And, and that benefit is seen out with the pathology. So alongside the word, the effectiveness word, which I think is a really powerful word we should apply to pathology these days, I think it's important from a pathology perspective that people in pathology look at externalizing what they do and to reach out from the laboratory and remember that the probably the most important part of a pathology pathway are those that happen right at the beginning with a user, with a patient, with a clinician, and right at the end when the 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 feedback loop of a result or a report or an image or some advice gets back to the the clinician and the patient and let's not forget not every member of the population is a patient lots of the population aren't patients yet and therefore that digital integration out with the healthcare uh, services uh, is equally important if we want to use pathology to help keep the population outside of healthcare and at home and safe and well and uh, not sick. No. Yeah, great. I was thinking about that side as well. And uh, well, Scott, you Bruce as well, obviously, I know, obviously, Southwest were very early on in the digitalization of pathology. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about the limbs and implemented, implementing that side of things. Um, but obviously, beyond that, what what is what is next for digitalization of pathology? Where could it go to? Where it's going to, I think where it's going to go to is, is complicated. And I think to reflect on some of the things that came up earlier, there are, there are many parallel train tracks of development and improvement, uh, happening in and around pathology and a lot of them linked to digital. And we've got to remember as well that the, this pathology aren't the lone stakeholder in this. So we've got to remember the integration is to add to other digital systems that are also developing and also improving. And I think the, the, the main challenge looking forward is how to make all of that integration, all of that data, all of that development of digital capabilities work better and better and better. That to make healthcare more efficient, that to improve the health of the population. Uh, and also, let's not forget that, to support and aid the people who work in the NHS, both in pathology and outside of pathology, because they're a scarce but very valuable resource. And digitization and digital systems can help them do their job better and more efficiently. Yeah, a long way to go, but big rewards at the end of it. Um, obviously, a nice final thought I thought would be, um, obviously, I know we're all early in this journey, but it'd be nice to share um, go around the room and share what obviously the best piece of advice that you've learned so far from going through this journey. Um, so starting from Stephen, um, from an NHS Trust perspective. Best piece of advice. Um, I, I would say that um, be clear on your, on your outputs right at the beginning. If you can map it out at the start and not uh, have it vary, um, expanding the the network to include, uh, sorry, the the limb system to include uh, other trusts. Um, that would be better planned right at the beginning. Amending these things whilst they're in flight always causes problems. So plan, 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 and then progress. Perfect. And Dave, from a network perspective, I think I think think big. Uh, bring people with you. Um, the, the the ideas have got to come from the people who are delivering these services and know 
know what they can do, but it's got to be thinking outside of pathology as well. It's not just about how we transform pathology, it's how we transform the services around us. Uh, and I go back to the point that the, the opportunity's never been greater. There's, there's investment money, there's recognition of impact, there's opportunity that there's never been in my career, certainly. Um, and I think we need to capitalize on that and, um, and really generate the, the, the changes that, uh, that can come from it. Yeah, no, agreed. And finally, Bruce, for yourself from NHS England. So from my perspective, I would support everything 100% Dave and Steve has said, but I think as well, it's really important to understand the wider outcomes that are going to come from this. Dave touched on it, into other services and other specialties. And, and don't forget the clinical needs. So the clinician, the nurse, the doctor, what they need is really important, if not the most important thing. Second point I make, I think, is it's a very complicated organisational landscape out there. And therefore, understanding the key stakeholders is a phrase that comes out of most management books. But I think it's quite, quite uh, the right thing to apply here. And the last thing I think, and this is probably peculiar from my perspective, is to understand the boundaries. So the organisational boundaries across which you have to work and which sometimes might not line up as perfectly as one would want them to in a perfect world. No, agreed, agreed. Big road ahead, but exciting times in pathology indeed. Um, before we end this podcast, obviously I'd like to thank all our guests today for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. Uh, once again, our guests from today's podcast have been Bruce Daniel from NHS England, Dave Gibbs from Peninsula Pathology, and Stephen Harden from One Dorset Pathology as well. Um, so, my name's Harry, and obviously you can find myself and other speakers um, on LinkedIn. Or if you'd like to join in too and feature a future podcast, uh, feel free to drop me a message. Uh, and thanks again for all our guests, and thank you to our listeners. Thank you very much.